name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I'm Jacob. Alongside me, Tate. What's up? How's it going? It's only you and me right now because your brother, Sage, is currently at a movie with your grandmother that we are going to be reviewing. And you need to get your little butt on the way as well. (laughs) We are going to be reviewing 2021's Belfast from Kenneth Branagh. A a movie in the theaters? Yep. You want me to... I I bought you a ticket already. What? I'm about to text it to you. Yep. (laughs) Wait, it where? is at uh, Cinemark 14 Round Rock is where you're going. Round Rock? Yep. How far away? When's the movie? I believe it's at 7 o'clock. Oh, shit. I haven't Your eaten time. dinner. Holy shit. Eat there. Holy yep. shit. I've... Wait. Oh, my God. Wait. I... <laughs> um, I'm so lost. It's going to take you half an hour to get there. Really? Yep. Fuck. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I just texted you the... Cinemark at Round Rock, 30 minutes away. And it's 6.30. Yes. And then my movie's yes. in 30 minutes. Yes, but there's previews, so you'll be fine. Oh my gosh. Do they have food? Yes. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. All right. I'm out of here. I don't I don't have time to do this. What is it about? I don't know. It's a wonderful movie about the Irish Protestant or Protestant Catholic revolution and raising a family during that. Oh it's fantastic. I gosh. saw it on Saturday. I'm going to see it in about an hour and a half, so it'll be a little while before we come back on the other side but we will see you on the other side oh my gosh this is insane (laughs) (laughs) i told you it was time sensitive urgent cinemark round rock yes cinemark 14 round rock 4401 north 4401 um, north interstate highway 35 suite 3000 34 minutes away holy shit Yep, you got it dude you got this go get going (laughs) um okay all right bye We all have a story to tell, but what makes each one different is not how the story ends, but rather the place where it begins. Do you think me and that girl have a future? Why the heck not? You know she's a Catholic. And you call me her? Yes! You know who you are. Your buddy from Belfast, where everybody knows you. The whole family looks out for you. Be good, son. If you can't be good, be, be careful. careful. And that thought will keep you safe. Buddy! We're looking to cleanse the community. You wouldn't want to be the old man out in this street. You touch my family and I'll kill you. Was that our side that done all that? There is no our side and their side in our street. Well, there didn't used to be anyway. We're living in a civil war. This is the time to make a new start. Mama says if we went across the water, we wouldn't understand the way we talk. Shouldn't be a problem. I've been married to your granny for 50 years. I've never understood a word you said. <laughs> what do you want? I want you and my granny to come too. Bloody religion, that's a problem. Then why are you so 
bring us to church? Because your girl ain't kill me if I didn't. Well, not dead. Back here. <laughs> How could I leave Belfast? Everybody likes them and everybody looks after them. Belfast will still be here when you get back. Will you? I'm going nowhere you won't find me. The Irish were born for leaving. Otherwise, the rest of the world would have no pubs. What do you want? I want my family with me. I want you. You know who you are. And wherever you go, and whatever you become, that'll always be the truth. Be good, son. If you can't be good. And if you can't be good, be careful. <laughs> All right, everybody is waiting on their hands and knees. Tate, did you make it in time? <laughs> Barely. That was insane. I on my, oh my so I, as I was leaving my house too, I was like, "Thank God I was like already in comfy clothes," because I was like, "All right, this is fine." Um, and then my phone was at like ten percent when I left the house, and my like I need to get a new phone. My charger, because I mean we talk about this, like my battery sucks, and my phone won't charge with a normal like plug in. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, fuck, here goes airplane mode while I Google Maps to this place 30 minutes away. Um, and then as I was like, as I got there, I had 6% left. Um, and as I was walking into the theater, think, there was nobody there. But as I was walking into the theater, I think it was just the opening, the opening credits, um, the mm. end of the opening credits. So it was very close, but traffic was a bitch. It was crazy. Um, but yes, I made it. I don't think I missed anything. Okay. That was crazy. Um, so, so the movie opens all in color. Did you see that? Yes, that was very okay. Trippy. Good. You you did not miss anything. Sage, you just made a comment before we went uh, before we started this. You are never going to a movie theater again. What happened? I missed the start of the movie, and I wasn't late. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Mamo. So Jacob was uh, very nice enough to buy a ticket for my grandma and I to watch it, and my grandma and I went to the lyric and they required us to pr proof of vaccination and she didn't have her phone on her. So I had to run home to go get her phone and I had to find her phone and then I had to run back to proof of vaccination. So what, and, what, what, what was yeah, the first scene when you walked in? I'm very, and that's not even the start of it. Oh God. Keep going. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Keep <laughs> it, going. It's not your fault. It's their fault. But, uh, so I missed the start of the movie and I was like, well, fuck. So they were just like walking around the streets of Belfast and they like rented out the theater next door to a band or something. So I a live band hear, like I missed half the dialogue because they were just playing. Oh, no. There's a band playing next to it and it was so hard to hear the movie. Yeah. Fuck the oh, lyric. Very tough. Yeah. Never going back. And I that was tough. I, lyric. I, I didn't. I, the lyric was the only place in Fort Collins that was yeah. showing Belfast. It's not your fault. And so to preface, because we're in like the post trailer part right now, right? Yeah. To preface this, I am going to wait for this to be streaming because I want to watch it a second time because I know I will like it. It was just the, yeah, tough, tough Damn. way to watch the movie. Yeah. Holy cow. That's really tough. If I will say this right now, if you would like to exit this review, feel free. Um, 
No, like I okay. I know you, what happens in the whole movie. Like it's totally fine. Yeah. And then when we get to the scores, you don't have to necessarily give a score. I'll give what I, I've thought about yeah. it because I've had about like 40 minutes, 50 minutes to think about it. So I've thought about probably what I would give it in a normal setting. Mm-hmm. So I, I will be fair to, cause yeah, we'll get into this, but. That's interesting that you could only see it at the small indie theater in Fort Collins. Cause yeah, when Jacob, when you told me my first thought, right. As I went out is I was just like, fuck, is the, is it at this theater? That's really close to me. I checked um, all that of I, them. Yeah. And I like, as I was getting to my car, I was like, no, whatever. I got to just go. Uh, but later I did look up and it wasn't, it's not at any theaters by me. So, which so that was it, weird, but it wasn't at draft house. I, I looked at all of them. It was at a, I can't remember what it was. It was a different theater closer to you, just South of you. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it was at like six ten, I think. Um, but the problem was, it was completely sold out or Fandango slash their website was down and I couldn't buy tickets to it Mm. um, last night when I bought them. So yeah, it it was, it was a fiasco one trying to get you to take it seriously without telling me what take it seriously without spoiling (laughs) it. Because I think, I think what we did in that first part was quite funny and it was the fastest pre-review we've ever had in the history of this podcast for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I and I, I wanted to do the same thing with Sage where I was just like, you, you go do this. And but he texted us and was like, hey, I have to I was I told my grandma I was going to do stuff. So I was like, fuck. So I called him and I was like, hey, how do you feel about going to this movie with Momo? And so that's how that came about, because I couldn't be like, no, tell your grandma you're not doing art stuff. You're doing something else instead. But you just can't tell her yet because you don't know yet. <laughs> it's it's hard to yeah. make demands for somebody that doesn't know what's going on <laughs> like when you no, text she me, didn't come i was like momo you're going to a movie with me and she's like all right she was like I'm, and she was supposed to go to a basketball game she's like nope i'm going to a movie <laughs> oh gotta love her god bless yeah. her well she had seen yeah she had seen it oh she had yeah she saw it with uh, my yeah this is uh, a very new movie yeah, yes. I, I, I never. By heard the way, I've still got my popcorn from the theater, so I might be munching on some of that. The popcorn I got hurt my tummy. Wow, I ate so much popcorn; it was crazy. I ate like five handfuls, and then I tossed the rest. Um, but what? Who does that? <laughs> and I have my large drink because I'm a fat American. <laughs> but I also got a soda, and I asked them to fill up to the brim with ice. And yeah, that is always, always will be crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I only want a little bit, but um, I'm getting to my point, which is also was, it's a very new movie. I have never heard of it. Didn't know anything about it. Um, why, before we get into a, like reviews about it, because we normally do this on the front end, mm-hmm. what made you want to pick this film? Okay, so <clears throat> choking on popcorn now. Popcorn <laughs> um, devil. That was a mistake. I'm not going to eat any more popcorn during this. It'll be my nice little backdrop. Um. So, you know me, I, I like to see as many movies as possible. I've seen like 240 this year so far and Jesus. since January 1, 2021. Um, I also like to try to see the big 2021 movies. A few people in the DeuceCast Discord had uh, said this is like definitely a best Os- or best picture contender, Oscar contender. So I, I, I went and saw it on Saturday with my mom, actually, the Saturday of Thanksgiving. And watching that movie, I was like, this is just one of the most charming heartwarming movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And so I knew it was my pick coming up and I was like, 
I had three different options that I was going to use for my pick. I was going to do this movie theater thing, which we did. The second one, I was going to force us to do a movie commentary on Star Wars. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and the third one was just going to be a normal vanilla run-of-the-mill pick. After seeing the movie and thinking about it, I was like, one, I need to get my thoughts out there on this movie just because I loved it so much. And two, I wanted to hear... I, I, I thought you guys would enjoy it, but I don't, I don't know if you'll enjoy it as much as I did. So I wanted to know what parts of the movie people maybe didn't like. Sounds good. I think that's enough for me. Yep. So, yeah, let, should we get into the um, our initial thoughts of the movie the business yeah let's get to business let's hear it all right um i didn't love it (laughs) i thought that um it lacked um a good story maybe is i might come at this one a little bit hot um i think it was very charming like you said i think it had a lot of good cute one-liners the little kid was Fucking adorable. Kids show. Dude, cutest kid I've ever seen in my entire life. So cute. Oh, my God. And the Irish accent, I think, just helps with that. Mm-hmm. But um, adorable kid, adorable family um, all across the board. But I was just kind of confused about what the movie was about. I don't really, like, even coming out of it, if someone asked me, like, oh, what's that movie about? I'd be like, I don't really, honestly, know. Like, it's about, like, an Irish family in Belfast. And they like, want to leave. They want to get out. But I, I don't really know. Um, there's a lot that happens in the movie but it feels like it's all kind of like background stuff. They don't really like, I don't know. I was at first, I thought it was going to be a movie about religion. It turns out it wasn't really about religion. I mean, there's like pieces of, and elements of it, but um, I thought it was going to be about, I thought it was going to be about this kid and his life growing up, like almost like um, from early childhood to like um, early adulthood type of movie. Like, um, yeah, take the span over like several years. Doesn't do that either. Um, it was, so, I, anywho, I, I was a little bit lost in what it was about. Um, I was a little bit bored. Um, it was charming, but yeah, I mean, I didn't didn't love it. Wow. Okay, that's very interesting. So, to me, what this movie is about is how the struggle of raising a family in this war-torn place and the importance of a family sticking together and the importance of community in order to help you raise your kids and bring them up in a good way, I guess. Um, Sage, your initial thoughts for what you were able to see. Well, my second and here. set of initial thoughts is I'm not surprised that Tate didn't like it for two reasons. One, it didn't have some really stupid, giant, dramatic point of the movie. And two, it's kind of a big brain topic because you kind of need <laughs> to have context of what's happening in Belfast at the time. Okay, so that so that is something I want to get into. I'm, I'll let you finish your thoughts, but... My my actual first impressions of the movie was I, I really liked it and I am very excited to watch it at home, not in a movie theater without distractions because I think I would like it a lot more. And one, I really liked how well they did the black and white. I thought it was very pretty, which is weird to say about a black and white movie, mm-hmm. but it was very pretty. Um, I thought the acting was great and I've actually been to Belfast Um, And I learned about, I wish I remembered more than I do about the Protestant Catholic conflict. But um, like I saw the walls, I saw a lot. I learned a lot of stories from a black cab tour. So I had a lot of the context of what was going on at that time. So I was probably um, aware enough of kind of why 
they didn't really focus on that kind of stuff in the story. And for that reason, I actually liked it more how they focused on Mm -hmm. kind of these parents trying to take care of their kids in the middle of a time where pretty much people of any age were dying randomly. And I, I should add this. I don't, I don't know if either of you know this, but so the director, Kenneth Branagh, he's a pretty legendary director. He was a big time indie guy. And then he, uh, he went more big box office. He directed the first Thor movie, which at one point Buddy was reading a Thor comic. And so it's this movie is supposed to be partially based off of his life growing up in Belfast. And so this is kind of his first return into the smaller indie type project. Um, and so something I learned last night on the Deucecast Extra was, because um, I brought this movie up that I was going to pick this movie, and uh, Michael Nip said, this is like one of the main reasons it's getting a lot of blowback is because people are mad that Kenneth Branagh first, they were mad that he went big box office and now they're mad that he's trying to go back, which I think is ridiculous. That's silly. That's silly. goose. Um, But like this guy, he he did a lot of, um, he turned a lot of Shakespearean plays into movies um, in the eighties and nineties. He directed the murder on the Orient express movie from a few years ago, which wasn't great. But that was still kind of his big box office days. Um, yeah, so my my initial thoughts, I, I've I've kind of spoiled them a little bit already. But I I was just taken with this the charmingness of this movie and the heart of this movie, and every single character was so good at just playing like this kind of everyday family that you just I don't know you you just can't help but fall in love with these guys from Dame Judy Dench and I. Let's see if I can pronounce this one. Siri and Hines, who plays the grandpa. Um, they were fantastic. Probably my favorite part of the movie. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just completely taken with this movie. And it's going to be really close to my favorite movie of the year. Like, it, it might edge out Dune. Wow. They're, it's very, very different from Dune. Very different, Definitely. like, style. I mean, yeah. I, but I think that um, going off of that, one... One thing that I did really like about this was the, like, because I was about to say, I know none of those names, none of the names that you said, um, and I didn't recognize a single person in this movie. And so I really liked the, I mean, I liked the black and white. I liked the the fact that I didn't know any, it wasn't like a big box office film. I didn't know you, any of the actors. I, I will say you you do know the person that played the grandma. That's Judy Dench. She was M in the James Bond movies, the, the girl M. Really? Yep. Huh. Wow. Um, and then I cannot picture that, but I trust you. Jamie Dornan is kind of a bigger, I shouldn't say bigger. He, he's a rising star. Oh, he was, he was Christian gray in 50 shades of gray. Never saw it, but yeah, I, I have not either, but, um, he's, that was the, he dad. doesn't have a whole, he's got like 28 credits to his name on IMDb. So he's an up and coming actor. Um, that was the dad then, you said. Yep. Yeah. And okay. then the mom, Kate Triona Balfi, she's been in like outlander. She's, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, but that's she's got 17 credits to her name. So there's so I I love they're all, all of, pretty new actors besides uh, Syrian Hines and Judy Dench. So I love all of that, and I love the. I mean, I think that this was a very well shot film. Um, I think it was it reminded me a little Wes Anderson vibes on some shots and scenes where, um, I think it was either like things being centered right in the middle and like a still shot though, like every. every or things like um, things happening in the fr- the foreground while things also happening in the background all at the same time. Um, it felt a little bit Wes Anderson vibes at some times. 
Um, and maybe that's also like black and white. Doesn't he have, wasn't one of his movies black and white? Mm. Maybe now I'm thinking, I anywho. Um, but so those are some of the things that I liked about this film. The black and white, I think the shots were really well done. Um, I think it was, um, I liked that there was the cast that I didn't know and it was, felt like a small indie project. Um, and I did read that it was a semi autobiographical film about him. So I think that that's really cool. And uh, I mean, who better to tell a story from that point of view than somebody that actually um, kind of experienced it. I don't know how much he did, but um, so I like all of those facts about it. And I think one other thing I wanted to get into um, before I talked about things that I maybe didn't like was, so this, this whole backstory where Sage is talking big brain topic, like the big brain part of it and understanding this Catholic Protestant um, uh, conflict that was going on. I know nothing about that. Um, and I feel like the movie and you guys even said that they, they didn't really like focus that much on it. And I felt like that was like a a missing piece to me. Maybe that's just because I don't understand it. Uh, So I, I know nothing about it. If some, if I were to take a test on the Catholic Protestant, uh, civil war in Ireland, I would get an F on it. Um, I, I, what, what I think they did really well in this movie is it wasn't a focus of the movie, but they gave you enough information with the news broadcasts to the radio broadcasts to, um, the main like antagonist guy. Um, what the hell was his name? Yeah. No idea. Any of the names. That's um, one thing. Um, um, <laughs> um, I, I just had it. Uh, Billy Clanton played by Colin Morgan, who I have not seen in anything before. Um, I, I think they gave us just enough where, even if you don't know anything about it, I, I was, cause I, I didn't know anything about it. I, I knew, I know what Catholics and Protestants are, but that's about as far as it goes. So maybe that's a, a leg up on you that I had. There, that's probably but. more of a leg up. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could fully distinguish the two and their differences, but it's, I mean, I can pick up from a couple of things from the movie, like the idea of confessions um, is a Catholic thing. Is that true? Yeah. It's not Protestant. No. It, so uh, there's little things, things, things that I think on, that it's no. fantastic is kind of poking like the, the the Catholic jokes that they the made as a jokes. Catholic, I thought were fantastic. So like that kind of stuff, yeah. Me being like not religious or growing up religious at all, um, and not I mean not even knowing that much about the differences between these religions and um, people, I was like kind of lost on why this was such a big war, like a battle between the two. Um, and I felt like I maybe I would have liked more context, but maybe that's just me wanting to know more about it but um yeah i mean it just seemed like they just didn't give you anything about it but i guess you guys liked that they, side they of gave it. you a no but they, they did give you a fair amount and enough to set the build the world with like what like i said yeah, with the they, news broadcasts and whatnot they basically that, that, that's, like, that's tell all you, you need to know yeah and that's kind of like they tell you what's happening they're like these two are fighting against each other that's all you need to know and so here's the point of that it, it's supposed to be you're supposed to this move like the uh, person that you're following in this movie is Buddy. He's a kid. He doesn't know why this is happening. Um, and so that, that's, he knows just enough as to, oh, like there was a great line in there when he um, asks his dad if it was our side that did all the destruction. And his dad said, there is no our side and there, there is no our side and their side on our streets. At least there didn't used to be. It, so it's that like, that's all you that's all you need to know about this is that, there is no like these two groups are fighting in this small town and the kid doesn't know why. 
but he doesn't need to know why all he yeah. knows is that there's a lot of anger going on in this community. And it's not a film about this historical event. It's a, it's a film about this family within the historical event. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. So, I mean like I'm, and I'm coming more to terms with that now that we're talking it through. Um, when I was watching it, I was just like, come on. I was like, I need to know more about why this is all happening. But I guess I, like- I think if you go out and learn more about it and then look back on the movie in hindsight, you'll probably appreciate it more. But, and to jump on Jacob's grading ourselves, I'd probably get like a D plus or a C minus, but I, I know that I know the meta stuff that happened and that alone. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, it was crazy like to learn, like these walls that I saw were not like, fences they were concrete like 30 40 foot walls with barbed wire on top like it was and it was to set it was separating the protestant catholic neighborhoods i mean i'm just looking at like statistics of deaths um i think it's the 35 uh 100 people died in total during it's called the troubles i didn't know that um but like 690 of the 3,500 were between the ages of 20 and 24. So it I mean, was, damn. so what they were killing each other just cause they were like well, of the different religion. Kind of pretty much yeah. it. It, I believe it stems. So man. So a lot of this, I, this is what I think was the reason behind it. And there's really no, nothing to back it up. Just knowing kind of the history of, Catholicism and Protestantism. The Protestants split off some time ago, sometime before this movie from the Catholic faith. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it happened after Martin Luther, after the Lutherans split off from the Catholic faith with Martin Luther and his 96 theses and whatnot. Um, and so there's probably something in there about the Catholics, like the Pope and whatnot, trying to have too much control over governments in Ireland because I- Ireland originally is a very Catholic area and the Protestants are there and they're like, well, we're not Catholic, so we don't want to follow that. And then eventually there were more Protestants than Catholics. So then all the Protestants were like, now fuck you guys get out of here. I shouldn't say all the Protestants, but a big enough sect of Protestants started to violently revolt. Is yeah. my get read on the situation. It was a combination of religion and politics. So it was, an already deep rooted um, division by religion that got escalated um, after the Irish war of independence with Britain. And when Ireland separated from the United Kingdom, part of it was that Northern Ireland would stay with the United Kingdom. And the Northern Ireland was like the most heavily uh, populated um, Protestant population in Ireland. And so um, there are equal Catholics and Protestants living in a non-Catholic governed state that was also not Irish and there are Protestants. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of this, the, and then that brewed into like almost gang rivalries. It was more almost, it really is like Italian mobsters in New York than it is like the Israeli-Palestinian war. It's not like they're fighting over something. Yep. It's more they just don't like their neighbors. Yeah, it is it less like a like revolution like against... Because for a second, I thought it was going to be like a um, a thing with a thing within between like Northern Ireland and Ireland or Northern Ireland and the UK. Um, and 
then it just, but it seems more like, yeah, it's just two, two parties that just are, don't like each other and are just fighting. And what I did just read is that the, these, the troubles is, yeah, what they called it is lasted 30 years from the late sixties to the late nineties. Um, and that it said that for historical reasons, unionists and loyalists who were for the most part, Protestants wanted Northern Ireland to remain with the UK and the Irish nationalists and Republicans who were mostly Irish Catholics wanted Northern Ireland to leave the UK um, and join a united Ireland. So it does make sense yeah. that there is more to just the religion side of it. And I remember from my tour, my tour guide was saying that um, when Ireland or when they came to terms of splitting Ireland from the UK, that part of like the UK's bargaining chip was, okay, we'll let you leave, but you have to let us keep these areas like Northern Ireland and Ireland was like, okay. And then Northern, Northern Ireland was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what he told me. So I don't know if that's true too, but I think that also plays a part of it was that they were people there felt abandoned by Ireland and wanted to be back in like, it's kind of a thing. Like it, it's so crazy um, to be an American and to be the United States but to see like Scotland should not be part of England. They should have their Northern Ireland should be part of Ireland. It's just a silly, weird thing to like, see these countries and be like, what are you doing? You shouldn't be United. Get out of there. And then we look at that. But anywho, that's not to start anything here. Please don't um, start anything here. <laughs> no, we won't. But I do appreciate that. Like a little bit diving in on the history. Cause I think that that was something that was always on my mind throughout the whole movie. And I couldn't really get over it about like no, needing to know why all of like this conflict was happening. Um, so now that I think I would like to rewatch this movie with a different lens um, of just like this innocent lens of the kid and his life growing mm -hmm. up. Um, Cause I think that, I mean, even thinking back to like, we were just talking that first scene um, to how it shows the riot and the craziness happening and then it goes back to like family and then it goes to like really lighthearted moments. Um, and then it like bounces back and forth between all of these and like his, his little crush that he has in, in school. So all that stuff. Um, I have a, I, now that I kind of like know that that was the history and that we're just supposed to know that, um, and think and, and know that that's just in the background. That's loo that's like a looming dark cloud in this society and the environment that they're all in. Um, and other than that, and like, and know that that's going on while watching them try and raise this kid in it. Um, that's pretty cool. I like that a lot. And so the, the other big reason I like this movie is because the three of us, we're kind of the last generation that grew up with some, like a semblance of what, how buddy grew up where we get to kind of aimlessly wander and play wherever we want without fear of whatever happening that, and that's, I don't necessarily think it was safer or more dangerous, but people just didn't know it was more dangerous back then. So we got to grow up with this blissfully ignorant, the neighborhood helps to raise you. I know you guys are friends with your neighbors, like really good friends with your neighbors and still are. And I'm the same way. Um, and so it kind of brings up like even a little bit nostalgia looking at that. And like the neighbors in your family are just another version of your parents kind of, you know what I mean? Um, and so that, that, that was like the biggest thing that I kind of liked about this besides the whole importance of family sticking together type of stuff, but. Yep. Yeah. And I, I liked the family scenes and all like the family dynamics and how close everybody was. 
And I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how big Belfast is. I know everything, everything in Ireland is for the most part pretty small, um, like population wise, but they make it seem like Belfast is insanely small or at least like this section or streets that they kind of live in. Um, Cause when she was like, I met you when I was a toddler and all I know are these streets and everybody that lives on them. Um, and I don't want to know, like, I don't want to move. I don't want to do anything else. Cause I like it here. Um, like that to me screams small, small, small town. Um, it's not that small, but it's not. Well, massive. I think that, yeah, I think yeah. she made it sound like they lived in yeah. a little nook that they loved. Yeah. I think that was, yeah. I think it's kind of like Brooklyn, like your neighborhood. It, it's a tight little community in a gigantic world or like a gigantic city. Yeah. But I, I liked the family and how tight the family was and all of the people that at least maybe, I think I assume, lived on their street um, and how tight they were. But yeah. 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 And um, yeah go ahead. It is weirdly kind of relevant timing for them to release this movie because the troubles kind of re-arose this year. There oh, really? In Ireland? In, in Northern, Northern Ireland? Bel- in Belfast, yeah. There have been Protestant riots um, over the summer and... It kind of, I think it was like 30 years or something, or near uh, 30 years, or no, 20 years, I guess. I even think it's relevant just to the problems that we see even in America, where it's like the big wigs and the people that start all these conflicts compared to like the everyday person that like, even like if you like look at something controversial, like the vaccines, the everyday person isn't sitting there being like oh that neighbor of mine they're not vaccinated they're like oh what, whatever that neighbor of mine goes to work he's they've got kids and we keep an eye on their house when they're gone and so i i think it's still the kind of message behind and like the conflict and how everybody deals with that is still very apropos yeah yeah like, i mean the kind of thought that went through my head was how interesting it is that the conflicts and decisions made between 10 percent of the population can affect the other 90% that isn't involved in it. Cause like a lot of those kids and families that were behind those walls were just drinking and chilling and talking about how ridiculous it is that there's a conflict They're between Protestants and Catholics music and on the street and dancing. Yeah. And then there's those two rubes that are running around trying to ruin everything. And yeah, uh, they're like part of the, they're really the ones that are the conflict and part of the conflict. And they're just dragging their neighborhood into it. Yeah, it's, it is very relevant to, I mean, well, it's interesting because I'm kind of reading, I'm reading this book right now called The Fourth Turning, which is all about generations and cycles of generations and how they, how basically like civilizations repeat themselves or they're basically like, there are crises that happen every like cycle um, in a society. And um, it makes me think about like the, and there's a, there's a category of the generation that is raised in these times of crisis so it, it talks about like who our grandparents were that were kids during like World War One, World War Two type of era, um, and like what it would be like to grow up with like the Great Depression and that um, being like kind of this looming cloud, but still like you don't really understand. It. You're still like a young kid, um, and how I think like and and the book is saying that the our, the next crisis that we're in is happening right now. It's like the winter. We're in our winter cycle in the U.S. Um, and I think like I mean, there's a lot of things with political and um also pandemic related and other things that just feel like this kind of like this looming cloud a little bit over everybody but like i'm sure if you were a five or six year 10 year old in this you'd probably be like whatever it's just everyday life and most families like you're saying i think so this is i'm getting to a point that i think i really like what you're saying about how 
both of what you're saying that the, this whole like 10% affects the 90% because a lot of people in my everyday, like, I mean, everyday life, there's the pandemic going on still and there's a lot of political drama and there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. But a lot of people just still go to their work every day and they still communicate with the people next to them. And it's not like for the 90%, it doesn't feel like it affects you every day of your life. Um, but it's just something that's always in the back of your head. And so like, I think that that's just a really interesting take now thinking about it as like the, instead of the United States and where we're at, there's this Ireland city, this Northern Ireland city that was dealing with this and has been, it sounds like for a while. Um, but growing up in it and dealing with it, I don't know all that is very interesting to think about. Yeah. And there are some really good scenes in the movie that were really, I think they were very heavy and like, uh, they were, they're like Muhammad Ali. They were heavy, but light on their feet. It was like, um, with the clutch analogy. Nice. Um, when, uh, buddy, was that the kid's name? Yep. He's the only name that I know. Yeah. When he asked his dad, if it's okay, if he can marry Catherine, cause she was Catholic like that, Dude, that, that, answer, I, that interaction was awesome. Just adorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. let's see. I've, I've got that quote. Um, but he tells his dad, like, do you think I'll ever be able to marry her? She's, he's like, sure, why not? And he's like, well, she's a Catholic. And um, he says, that wee girl can be a practicing Hindu or Southern Baptist or Satanist vegetarian. As long as you're <laughs> kind to one another, she is welcome in our home, um, in our house. Does that mean we have to start? And then uh, the dad's like, buddy, does that mean we have to start going to confession? Yeah. But he's like, I think so. And <laughs> he's like, well, we better start staying out of trouble then. <laughs> it, it, so one one note that I have written down is that this this is a really weird comparison, but I think you guys will be with me on this. Some of the comedic timing and even the shots are Letterkenny-esque, where like I, I think to the shot of Jamie Dornan Pa, uh, and that's actually his character's name. The it's just Ma and Pa. Um, huh. Jamie Dornan's character is standing there when after Buddy kicks a soccer ball and the bad guy take like stops it and it's like go get your dad he's like standing there with his arms like behind his back and like the people are behind him and like the guy walks out and he's like everything all right over here and he's like just fine give me a second and then like turns back super fast i was like that was like letter esque i don't know if it was the i mean the writing definitely i think very kind of i mean it wasn't like super quick and witty like letter kenny is for the entire time but there were little hints of that mm-hmm. every, like throughout the movie of quick little one-liners that were just I don't know. Yeah. A little witty or. Well, uh, there's very good, subtle humor. There's mm-hmm. some fucking really good. It's a funny movie. There's some clutch jokes in there. The one that really got me was, uh, when that woman was drunk and singing and her man was like, <laughs> what did you do with the money? And she was like, what money? And he was like, the money your parents gave you for singing classes. <laughs> and everyone just started laughing. Mumbo and I just laughed like pretty yeah, damn hard. And then the joke that uh, it just randomly cuts the scene. So it, Buddy is talking to his cousin. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I know her name, Moira. And she's like, you can you can tell Catholics and Protestants apart by their names. And he's like, what about uh, Thomas down the street? She's like, oh, that's he. he's definitely a Protestant. And he's like, no, he's Catholic. She's like, what? We have a cousin that's named thomas how are you ever gonna tell and then like it quickly cuts to the dad telling a joke about the he goes to the doctor and yeah. the doctor yeah. says uh, i've got good news and bad news good news 
uh, you're going to die within 24 hours. And he's like, what could be worse than that? He's like, bad news. I've been trying to get a hold of you since yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just cuts back to Buddy and Moira. I'm yeah. like, it just very fast cuts with jokes. And yeah, there were a few. And I like, I mean, it'd be impossible to like, unless I watched it again, wrote them all down. But there was a lot of like little one liners that either the, the grandpa said mm-hmm. um, or I, even Buddy. Like I thought Buddy was mm-hmm. not like trying to be funny, but was just cute and funny. Yeah, he was definitely just adorable innocent. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and my analogy to this movie was this was like a vastly superior Jojo Rabbit. I knew you were going to say that when you said I was thinking Jojo about it. Like, I think that's... Jojo Rabbit was <clears throat> compared to this. I think they're about on the same level for me. See, I I really I like Jojo Rabbit a lot more than this, and I think that there's a few different I think Jojo Rabbit was more weird and quirky. Um, but it had yeah, I mean, with the whole Hitler thing. But people just love Jojo Rabbit because it just makes fun of Nazis and Hitler. Like that. No, people love it because <laughs> it's Taika Waititi no. and it's a very charming no. and people love hating, well. which you should hate Hitler. Everyone should hate Hitler. If you don't hate he Hitler, was a very that's funny a problem. Hitler, though. But <laughs> it um, was anywho, just but this, not, yeah. I think that Jojo Rabbit is a pretty good comparison as far as like style of movie that this is. Um, I'd say it's a much more like simple version maybe um, of Jojo Rabbit, but um, no, it was a not simple. Ridiculous. I don't think is the right word. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a normal movie, and Jojo Rabbit is just yeah, maybe extra that's quirky. And this ridiculous. movie's taking place in real life, and Jojo Rabbit is like fantasy land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe okay. Normal. <laughs> Sorry, simple was a trigger word. Because simple usually means worse. Because the opposite of simple is complicated, and complicated stuff is usually a better thing when you're talking about stories and whatnot. Yeah, that's. I feel like. What, what would you guys, Sage? Would you say that Forrest Gump is a simple movie? No. Mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, after I, I, right when I was asked that, I was like, "Yes, it is." But the more I thought about, I was it a all bit, thinking about that was the he. Uh, there's some there's some little Salt Bay philosophy sprinkled in pieces, little sprinkles of salt in that movie. Well, and speaking of this one, also had its little sprinkles of philosophy. Getting back to the movie, nice little loop around right there, Tate. Um, but there, the, at least for the most part, I think it was just the grandpa. Um, I don't think that, and the dad maybe every now and then or the mom, uh, but for the most part, it was his grandpa that kind of had a nice little, like those nice little one liners that were, um, happy, positive, and also a little bit philosophical, um, relating to life, but yeah. Well, that shouldn't be a problem. I've been married to your grandmother for a long time and i haven't understood a word she says yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a great one and then and then he goes on to the philosophy of if they can't understand you they're just not listening hard enough and i really like yeah, that and, and it kind problem. of felt like an attack at me because the first time i saw this movie i'm like i need subtitles yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was gonna ask you about that there's a couple yeah, I, times I um Another quick thing that I really liked was the hierarchical seating at the school. I thought that was a fantastic idea and should be implemented in every school <laughs> on every level. It was very savage. And it was very crazy that everyone in the back, like eight seats were like, oh, yeah, you're better <laughs> yeah. than me. <laughs> yeah, they'll like, switch good positions job, buddy. and they'd be like, good job. You really the just teacher was clutch. Me. I'd be like, fuck yeah. off. Teacher was like, you eight or ten in the back, you're done. These front four people, I need to focus on them. I didn't see how much they like all moved around, but it didn't seem like there was much movement between the top three. (laughs) No, there was a very distinct. 
that was another uh, funny, 20, cute one-liner when he was just like, he's like, oh, she's, he's like, I'm not smart enough to like talk to her or something like that. When he was talking to his grandpa about the girl that he had a crush on, he said something about how he's too. Yeah, he, it was, it was something about, he said, uh, maybe if she was more stupid like me, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd have a chance to talk, to sit next to her in class. Yeah. <laughs> more so and then he's like, like I, 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 I stand outside of her house, but she's just sitting there doing her homework all the time. Yeah. <laughs> He was the fucking kid deserves an Oscar for this. Yes. Yeah, um, he was so very good. good. And just, just every time the grandparents were helping buddy with it, with, with his girl problems was fantastic. Um, I, I did like the, make sure your numbers don't all look the same. Yeah. Make, oh, make sure your ones awesome. and sevens look the same. Your twos and sixes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, isn't that cheating? He's like, no, it, it's uh, what do you call it? He said, uh, it's called spread betting. Spread betting. <laughs> making sure you don't have all your bets on the same horse um, and then he dropped a little heavy philosophy there because then buddy was like shouldn't there only be one answer and he was like buddy if there was one answer for mm-hmm. everything we wouldn't be fighting mm-hmm. and i was like see yeah that's the kind of shit i love too. fly like a butterfly sting like a bee and then when buddy finally gets up into the second seat and Catherine's behind him yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, hear, you like see him look over and he's smiling and then he's just like and you uh, hear his little like yeah he like he like grunts. He's like, oh, yeah. He's a cute. He's like I finally got kid. smart enough to look at my love, and she's behind me. So, the the true second thing that I love that this movie does so well is its use of other movies of the time to move to like foreshadow the future plot coming. So one of them, of course, was the man who shot Liberty Valance. Yep, yep. Um, that which was we exciting. reviewed. Very exciting. When I first saw it, I was like, hey, we reviewed this movie. We reviewed this movie. Oh, I guess you didn't insert that Leo DiCaprio. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> whoa, whoa. And then, so let's see, we saw Star Trek at the very, that was one of the first ones we saw. And then I, I had to look up the, I, I knew the name Raquel Welch, but the movie with like back in the BC era was called One Million Years BC. It looks quite horrid, but I might that have to was watch it. Hilarious. The mom in that scene. Yeah. This is why you wanted to bring the kids. And he's like, it's educational. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, Raquel Welch is a real great education. <laughs> <laughs> and buddy's just like big eyed, like, oh. <laughs> um, and then High Noon was a big one, but I'm gonna save High Noon until I get through the rest of these. Um we see them go to uh, the play of the Christmas Carol. And what I liked so much about it is the movies themselves were in color and the play was in color. And it was one of the coolest shots in the scene where we're watching buddy and his grandma and her glasses were reflecting color, but everything else was black and white. That was holy awesome. shit. I didn't, I didn't even, even notice, notice that. that. Holy fuck. But now that you're you say totally that... right though, because it was in color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. I can't believe I didn't notice that. Holy shit. That's clever. Yeah, and so there's something the, behind the that. use of black and white and color. It's so I, I think my read on it is that when when the things are in color, that's that's where the promise lies, and that's that's where the hope lies. And because when they're in black and white, it's kind of this hopeless age that they're living in. And so, so that's what movies and the plays and film is a glimpse into and gives people hope, or like, or just kind of gets you out of where you're in, what whatever you're in right now. Like it's a story that's like, it's a, it's a fantasy, a story. Um, It's an art that takes you out of the world that you're in. Huh? Whatever my score 
was or is or it's going to be just got a point bump. It just got a little boost for me for that one. That was that's I didn't even think, that's clever. I didn't, that's I didn't even really notice that, clever. and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I can um, think I re- vividly remember Scrooge with yeah. his candle all in color. And mm-hmm. I yeah. And the the flying car. That's the one that yeah, stood out for the, me. Yeah, the next one too. Chitty bang bang. Yeah. Chitty bang bang. Chitty chitty bang bang. What a funny noise it's making. It's talking to us. All engines talk. What's it saying? It's saying what is his name dick van dyke dick van dyke is still alive people he's like 95 years old he's still alive still how awesome kicking, is that? Baby. He, he's the guy from mary poppins can you go back in time and undo chitty chitty bang bang the song is playing underneath us talking right now um i like the, I, but I, I love the scene because they were all like when the yeah. cliff goes off yeah. the edge they all, like leaned in and then they're like Whew. and e- even when uh buddy tells uh his grandma about going to the movie and like you should come she's like oh i've, I've heard it all a flying car yeah <laughs> that's great. what it made me see that's like, like go ahead that's it that there those were parts that had like jojo rabbit vibes but this was like normal and about family and Mm -hmm. about and jojo rabbit was about hitler being an idiot and that's like (laughs) that's not what it was about this is this is not a jojo rabbit but it was that scene was great and it was very much about i love the yeah and how grandma was totally into it and shoot her eyes were as big as buddies were when he saw raquel williams or whatever her name was i liked it because well yeah like i bet going to the movies in 1969 or whatever that was at that time um because i think they moved around a little bit but um to see a flying car in the theaters that's probably like the most groundbreaking thing to see visually um and so like for them that was probably insane but like to me i was like thinking i was like wow that's so funny that to like imagine going to like and seeing that watching that movie and being so like invested in it and like really feeling like that car and um I don't know. I was trying to think about what movies would do that for me today. And it's like Inception was maybe one of the bigger ones. Whereas like those moving scenes and all the crazy stuff where you're like, whoa. But yeah, this was just that in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's talk about the movie that um, had probably the biggest impact on this story, which was High Noon. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Before we do that, there was a quote. Um, from the man who shot Liberty Valance. That one was um, good. That let me good, find it in my notes here. A well-timed they, scene. Yeah, they use the scene where um, Jimmy Stewart's John Wayne and Liberty Valance are confronting each other, and Jimmy Stewart jumps up and he's like, "What is with this town? Why is everybody their first choice is to resort to violence?" What's the matter? Everybody in this country killed crazy. Very apropos for this movie. It makes sense. It is kind of one of the themes of what the lo- what the small people are thinking about this big problem going on. Yep, and the movie does it. The movie says mm-hmm. what's going on instead of mm-hmm. the people in the family that are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Very well. Okay, done. and then the, 
we get into High Noon. High Noon is a movie that I watched on my AFI list. I have the sheet music of a song that was played in this movie, Do Not Forsake Me. Um, High Noon is about a sheriff played by Gary Cooper. Whatever happened to Gary Cooper, the strong, silent type, that was an American. Who, he he's a retired sheriff, and a long time ago he put this the leader of a gang into prison, and he had the whole town's help. He's finally retiring from being a man of the law. He's found a lovely bride, played by Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly's the gal from uh, Rear Window. Who I think I'm in love with. Yeah. I think I'm in love with 60s Grace Kelly. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Princess Grace Kelly, by the way, if you remember that. And he's wanting... So this gang leader that he put into prison has been released and he's coming into town on the train at high noon. Grace Kelly's like, well, you don't actually care about leaving the law behind because he wants to go and confront him and be like, you can't go back to your ways because that's what he was going to do. And he knew that he was going to be the only one in town that could stop him. Grace Kelly's like, if you're not on this wagon with me by like 11 o'clock or whenever like right before high noon i'm never seeing you again he's like look i I can't my honor doesn't let me do that if i were to run now i'm a coward nothing will be the same so he, he the rest of the movie is him going through town trying to gather up a posse but nobody is joining him everybody that once joined him is like nope i'm too old i don't want to I've got this family I have to take care of, but he knows in his heart of hearts that he has to go try and stop this bad man from coming back into the town. So finally, the movie ends. I I actually can't quite remember how it ends, but I do know that he is the only person there to confront this gang of like eight, ten people. And so very apropos to play that song. I'm using that word a lot. I need to stop this episode um I, I don't even know if i'm using it correctly i think i am couldn't even tell you the definition so to me couldn't even I, small I can't brain even spell it. you're doing good but um for that song to come back around when uh jamie dornan comes back after the after buddy steals the uh, laundry detergent um and is the but it's biological to... <laughs> just a fantastic like set it just made sense that he would steal laundry detergent not a piece of chocolate um and and so it i just love how they were able to use that theme from high noon back into this movie and bring the theme song in with it and before it started playing i was like high noon theme and it started playing i was like yes i'm so good yes i i loved all that and just their ability to use past cinema that would be current for the age that this story is being told to help the story to help the story along was yeah. just fantastic well, that makes sense with the the man who killed liberty valance scene where um whatever his name was in the movie the lawyer lawyer man jimmy, jimmy stewart, stewart when he stood up and he was like no 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 none of this killing what is this with this town and all about killing each other and yeah, that's Ransom Stoddard. Ransom was his what character. Ransom, name. that's right. Yeah, I'm gonna name my kid Ransom. Yeah. But I was also in love with the woman in that movie. God, Vera Miles. Lived, yeah, should have lived in the '60s. What the mm-hmm. hell? One. Well, so one other thing that I thought was, I mean, there's a lot of. So my, 
I'm really glad this is this is one of those movies I'm really glad we talked through because I would have left the theater and been like that was boring whatever I didn't I didn't love it um I'm like like I'm liking it a lot more as we're talking it like my, my score is just increasing um but one of the things that I thought was and now I mean maybe now it's just I have a different perspective of it all because now I actually kind of like the idea of the the cousin of his that was trying to get him to be in the gang um and because I was just like when I was in the theater I was just like why is like what's the point of all this I was just like they're not even in a gang. You don't even see the gang. It's just her that's trying to steal some chocolate. Like, okay, maybe this is a, like, he's learning something from this, but he didn't even really learn that much. He just was an innocent young boy and stole some chocolate, not even the good chocolate. <laughs> and Turkish delight. Yeah, Turkish delight. <laughs> um, I don't even, I don't even like Turkish delight. <laughs> she's like, nobody she's does. She's like, no one likes Turkish delight. <laughs> but I, I thought that that was all kind of like silly and not necessary when I was watching it um in real time but now i kind of like think back to like just this whole idea of like his childhood and bring up and like these different elements that are going on and how this idea of like joining this gang of hers to help like or to like loot this store was just something that maybe was in the air and it was like just this idea Mm of um i don't know rebelling or just um kind of being bad um i don't know so i think that that's kind of an interesting now take on it for the from an innocent perspective of him and his cousin just wanting to steal some chocolate um or stealing the detergent and (laughs) running away um but yeah that was another thing that i kind of was iffy about when i first walked out but now i kind of like i don't know if there's any comment on that i was just bringing up the gang thing yeah Yeah. i don't well so i think that's another because i think we may not need to include this, but I'm pretty sure children and like young people, like young teens played a big role in like the car bombings. Mm-hmm. I think that was like the young people were the ones that like helped move around the bombs and then even plant bombs. But don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure. But I, and so I think that whole young person role escalated. So it was very relevant at the time. A lot of young people died. I mean, of that 3,500. Well, and young people could be pretty vague in this. Like, I mean, some of those rioters look pretty young. Pretty much like oh, math, maths. I need, I need grandpa to help me with my maths. I do love how they call it maths. Yeah. So like <clears throat> 2,200 of the 3,500 deaths were below 35 years old and 1,800 of the, 22 or uh, like 1600 of the 3,500 that died were below 24. Yeah. So, so like that's well young. over, well over half of them were under 20, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there were 446 that died between the ages of 15 and 19 years old, which is crazy. Yeah. I, they're speaking about the young people in it. Um, oh, was this? No, I, I think I'm confusing it, but one of the quotes that I've written down is when at one point, Jamie Dornan's character comes back and the guy that's taking all the is standing guard at the wall. Um, Jamie Dornan's character asks him, Oh, are, are the blah, blah, blahs moving out? And he's like, yeah, like they're Catholic. They can't stick around. Like they, they feel like they have to. And Jamie Dornan says, it's a, it's a mad world. And uh, the guy responds, he's like, well, get used to it. You live in it now. And I thought that that was a, good quote um and then the other quote i liked was when um 
the mom was talking to her friend while they were playing uh, basketball. And she's like, I don't want to leave, but I think we have to. And her friend's like, look, I, the Irish were born for leaving. Otherwise, the rest of the world would have no pubs. Uh, and so we just need half the Irish to stay. So the other half want to come back. I thought that was a great scene, too. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just cute. fantastic quotes throughout this entire movie. Also, um, thank you for spreading out pubs. Pubs are great. Yes, absolutely. So good. And I, I think what she said, the only thing I... Irish people only need three things, um, a telephone, a pint, a pint of Guinness, and sheet music to some Irish song. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I already mentioned Buddy was reading a Thor comic, and Kenneth Branagh directed Thor. That second riot scene was very intense, um, especially when the mom makes them bring it back and is confronted by that bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just kind of see the pain in the mom's face, like, how did my buddy get into this like there's no way at, at right at that moment if you didn't know that she was making her family leave you weren't watching the movie so this is <laughs> the scene where he was like holding her at like not gunpoint but kind Basically. of gunpoint like five people just walked into the theater and just like sat down in front of me i was like what and i missed like how that ended so i don't know i it was pretty- yeah i didn't I didn't see how they got out of oh, that. Oh, I, I loved how they ended it because they set it up with the dad knocking the ball off uh, Will's head earlier. So th- the dad walks up. Did you see that part? Yeah, and he like t- tells the dad him, and Will are there, and uh, if you don't join us, you're fa- like yep. So the yeah. the bad guy pulls a gun out, and Will bends over and tosses a brick to his dad. And the dad throws the brick and it hits the guy, hits the guy's hand and the gun drops out. And then the army rushes in and takes everybody. But then the, the best part of that scene is when they're huddled in the doorway, they all kind See, of huddle together in the doorway. That's when they kind of sat down and I saw yeah. that part. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so they all huddle in the doorway and gotta say, God, yeah. I feel so bad for you because that man, sucks. I, I hate well, the lyric. I have, and will be, one posting on Google Maps about how much I dislike you to begin with, but you can listen to me say it here. You, you're not fun. I don't like going <laughs> to your movie theater, and I don't recommend people go there. Live music sucks next to a movie theater. I will tell you. Even that. though and you have a Doctor quiet. Who Tardis in there, why do you think you're okay to have a Doctor Who Tardis in not your worthy. movie theater? You're not, not worthy. worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. No, but that, that is the one artist. that is the one thing in this movie that I don't think I like would will change my mind and that I didn't love was that the, he knocked the gun out of the, his hand with a brick that he threw. I was like, okay, but I can look past it. But yeah, that was so, the only thing so that I was here's like, why whatever. I do like it is because this movie is being told from the kid's perspective, right? It's so his an, kids or his dad's like a hero. It's it's a retelling of Kenneth Branagh's life, and so it's it's not all supposed to be exactly how it happened or anything like that. His dad is he saw his dad in the position of Gary Cooper in high noon. He saves the day. Oh, there we go. I, I do remember the end. Gary Cooper saves the day. He takes on against all there odds and you comes out victorious. And so I, th- that's why I liked it. But the, the really it great is very scene like in that dad is, is the, the all time hero out of mm-hmm. that scene. Cause like what dad could throw a brick and knock the bad guy's gun out of his hand. Yeah. And, and like dad. at one point, at one point, the dad is talking to the bad guy and he says, um, he's like, Oh, you're not around very often. That's not very good of you. He's like, well, I'm around when it matters. And he 
what I liked about the movie is that could have been a really ridiculous thing where the dad just happens to show up every time, but they set it up well enough where we miss stuff like time passes in this movie, but we don't necessarily see it passing. Mm -hmm. And so we just see it when like the really important stuff is happening. The dad is there, which I, which I like just from a thematic storytelling point of view. Yeah. The only one that he wasn't there for was the very, very first scene where the first riot happens. But other than that, yeah, he's pretty much there for everything else. Oh, is the mom pregnant? She was puking upstairs right before the grandpa died while they were like cooking that little skillet thing with the sausages and eggs. No idea. I mean, not that I don't think they said anything else or made her look like she was after that. Yeah. But I don't know. That, that, I, I remember like, that. And I was like, maybe she's just really distraught. I kind of thought yeah, that, that was the know. grandma that was puking. No, it, no, was, it, it was the mom and aunt mom. that were up there. Oh, yeah, so the other thing about the ending um, was when the grandpa died, and I thought that that was obviously very tough. I think you kind of see it coming when um, he's on the bed and the kid asks, like, like, where will you be while we're gone? And he's like, oh, don't you worry. So you kind of like, I mean, they I'm, give going a little nowhere, bit of, I'm going nowhere. You won't find me. Yep. Another little great little philosophical line. Um, but so you kind of see it coming a little bit. I mean, you, you're not too surprised when you see that he's passed, but um the scene that, well, like the part that I was a little, oh, A, initially I was creeped out when it showed the really close up of the grandma when they were leaving. She creeped mm-hmm. me out a little bit during that. But, and also I felt so bad for her. I was just like, she was like, I was like, she's really the one that kind of got shafted after all this. Um, Cause her husband just died and then now her family's leaving and she was just kind of like, and we don't even really know that much about her. I feel like, like we get a lot of scenes of touching scenes well, with the grandpa um, that's that's her talking at the end. She wants them to go. She the, yeah. the last lines we hear is "Go, go now. Don't look back. I love you, son." Yep. And I, but I just thought that I just felt so bad for her. There's nobody in the movie that I really felt like super bad for. Um, I mean, the situation sucked, but the family was uh, together and the family was happy for the, pretty much the most part. Um, but that was the only time when something bad happened within the family, and they were still together, but she was not kind of with them. And I was like, man, the grandma got the short end of the stick on this deal. But uh, as far as like timing goes for everything of it all, but that was the only thing that I was like, Oh, I felt bad for her. Um, I, I, I did tear up in the scene where buddy was talking to his dad and grandpa was there with them in the casket. It was right after that. And buddy's like, Oh, a lot of people came to see him. And dad's like, yeah, he was, he owed a lot, lot of money and, and half the people, <laughs> owed a, he owed half the people money. But then Buddy's sitting there. He's like, he used to help me with his with my maths. Did he help you? And the dad's response was just like, yeah, he helped me. And that fucking made me tear up right there. Because he's, he's like, he, he couldn't tell him. He didn't, because Buddy wouldn't understand how he helped him yet. But he, he helped, the grandpa helped the dad the same way the dad's helping Buddy type of yeah. type of thing there. Um, I want an Irish funeral. Yeah. That looked like a hoot. That, that, yeah. that scene is really what sold me on the movie i don't know why but i am just kind of in love with that scene where the mom and dad are dancing and he's singing to her and whatnot i was i was just like this this movie is one of my maybe favorites i've ever seen i want to say yeah i thought that i mean i i thought it was great but i yeah i mean i didn't have like i was like yeah it's a great scene but it didn't have it that much of a um heartfelt tie to it it was just a very romantic movie um, very charming movie, and they 
so they sell that in a lot of the scenes and between like the grandpa and the grandma between the husband and wife which that was actually probably the most romantic scene between the husband and the wife throughout the whole movie like for the most part they're fighting a lot or they're arguing a lot um I think the best scene between them, though, is when everybody was asleep, where Buddy and Will were asleep, and Buddy's got the chocolate all over his face. But when the dad's like, thank you, you raised these kids. It wasn't me. It wasn't us. It was you. You should be really proud of that. That that scene was pretty touching as well. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. our kids are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then when the dad takes him, takes Buddy to go say goodbye to Catherine, that was another touching little scene. Um, I, I just love their little interaction. Buddy hands her the flowers. She hands Buddy something, and they're both just like, "Thanks, thanks." Yeah. <laughs> and Buddy's like, "I'll come back," and she's like, "Make sure you do." And they're both just go, "Cheerio, cheerio." Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. It was just like, "Hi, hi, thanks, thanks. Mm-hmm. Come back. Hope you do. Cheerio, cheerio. Bye." And <laughs> like, so quick and so easy, so simple, so innocent. Mm-hmm. I think what sold the movie for me was just the Irish accent and how they mm-hmm. said we. So many times. Mm-hmm. He's just a wee little boy. Just going down the road. Take this wee note to the hospital. Get something for your grandma's nerves. Uh, she's just a wee little girl. Um, so you do good Irish. You do a good Irish accent. Yeah, there's, Mine's not off bad. There's three things you need to know about the Irish accent. There's a T. You have to pronounce your T's a little bit like that. And then you need to not listen to Paul Rudd. And I love you, man. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> He tried Paul Rudd and I Love Me Man tries to do an Irish accent and he does Jamaican. I slapped the bass big time. What do you? What is that? You sound like a leprechaun. No, what that's that? a reggae guy. Um, I just did reggae. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound reggae. No. Slapped the bass. No. How does it? It's like big time, big time, big time. Big time. Slip the bass, big time. Mm. Slap the bass. That sounded like Borat. Yeah. Slap the bass. Big time. That's better. That's better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Slap of the bass. <laughs> Slap of the bass, man. Oh, shit. I loved that part. I forgot that he was trying to do Irish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, Sexiest Man Alive, uh, by the way. Jason mm-hmm. Siegel puts up the billboards and one of them was like luck of the irish or something or like <laughs> put him in a leprechaun outfit <laughs> oh shit um, you had you had three you had three things from uh, i was accent. just i just okay. learned like one of the key things of an irish accent is they say if a t is like the first letter in a word they always say like t like they don't say three they say three like no three okay three things you. you need to know and like t it's like it's like this weird like ch like t there's just three things she doesn't know like about Irish, yeah. So I was just trying to emphasize the T. I've discovered I can't really do accents with my headphones on. I think this is the problem. Jacob, you sound Jamaican. Don't you worry about it. You're making me crazy. <laughs> um, and I, I, I do want to touch a little bit more on that um, ending narration of go, go now, don't look back. I love you, son. And then the lines of for the ones who stayed for the ones who left and for all the ones who were lost but mm-hmm. the, it was a perfect ending as well um that ties yeah, back i, I, don't think I, I, I have... totally missed the line that you said earlier about what the when they were playing basketball and the other lady was like that's why half of them go to bring pubs and that's why half stay and so that makes total sense as to tying off that knot for that last scene to be like 
to the ones that left to the ones that stayed. Um, this is just a hometown movie for any hometown. I mean, any hometown can relate. And I highly, if you ever go to Ireland, I would say go to Belfast. I mean, it, it, that was a great town and fun things, fun facts about Belfast. It's where the Titanic was built. That's fun fact. This was also almost, I would guarantee 100% filmed in Belfast. Mm-hmm. It was. Because I believe it. Belfast is one of the, it's actually one of the hot spots um, for like CGI and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of like a lot of Game of Thrones was filmed in mm-hmm. Belfast, and they have like this huge. It's next to the Titanic Museum. Dragon. So we got to see that too. No, it's just a huge like Castle? area oh. where they build sets. Mm-hmm. So it's like a yeah, paved, I think it's like that's a paved area where they build sets and then take sets down. That's where they built King's Landing. Yeah, they they will rent. Like people will rent the area for the movie, build it, take it down, and then like someone rents it for the next movie. It's like mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy, but it's like a huge hotspot for that for some reason. Um, and I, I think, think we were actually talking. That's where the new Lord of the Rings series is being filmed. I well, think we taught what who um Kubrick that Kubrick movie Kubrick oh the one that I was in um with Zach Clockwork Orange uh, yeah Night? I think Clockwork Orange was filmed Droog? in yeah, I think that was filmed in Belfast. I think we talked about that. I don't remember. I wasn't on that episode. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Where is it? I can hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, I my original plan before I found out that you didn't love this movie at the beginning of this was to actually talk about characters first um, and then go into story stuff. But I think we pretty much touched on everybody. Jude Hill... Was the I mean, do we like not like any characters? I liked them all. I thought they all. I don't. I didn't. The brother didn't really have much of a. I don't think he had much of a character build to him. I think the dad, the mom do. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think the brother was really a main character though. Yeah, but I mean, like it it just kind of felt like everyone in the family did. It was buddy, ma, pa, granny, pop. He was surprisingly like not in the movie. He had like two lines. He had like three scenes and he didn't say anything and killed yeah, them. And yeah. <laughs> when he did speak, I was like, like half of the movie, I was like, oh shit, he hasn't spoke yet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I felt like he didn't really have much going on, which I had no problem with that. But that was just kind of weird because I don't know. I feel like you'd think that he would have a decent role. Yeah. I, th- I think that is a great note to wrap this up on and move on to scores unless somebody else has any other little things they want to throw in there. We all good? All good. Cricket, cr- cricket, 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 all right. cricket. From the aggregators, a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb and 87% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 77% or 77 out of 100 from Metacritic. Fuck you, Metacritic. Douchebags. <laughs> so with my limited capacity <laughs> to grade this movie and put it in the lens of what I think I would give it if I saw it, the whole movie, one, in a positive setting too. I think I would give it an 86 out of a hundred. I think I would definitely, I'm going to watch this movie again and I think I would probably watch it again after that. Um, it is definitely one of the more cheerful movies we've seen in a while. Um, so that's nice. Even though it's a cheerful movie in the middle of not so cheerful times. And I think the reason it bumps from the four out of five, because I do by stars, what bumps it from four and a half or four stars to four and a half out of five stars 
is the cinematography and how well it was shot and the acting and the little spice on top was that part Jacob added about um, the media being in color while the rest of the, like the world was in black and white. I mean, that's just fascinating. And I think that's enough to push into four and a half out of five star territory. So 86 out of a hundred for me. So I might, like you said, mine also definitely got bumped up quite a bit though, for me on this one from where I initially came in, I'm going to land. I'm as usual. I'm stuck between two numbers, these two numbers, I'm stuck between a 75 and an 80. Um, but that was a big bump up from when I left the theater. When I left the theater, I was like 60 to 70 maybe. Um, and so talking through this one really helped me for it. But um, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of little things that I liked. And you mentioned a lot of those. Um, and I think just also knowing more of the, about the context and the purpose of the film um, helped a lot. But I think I'm going to land it in 80. I liked it. I think I got to give it a lot of credit for the things that I liked more than for the things that I just would have liked more of or something, whatever my complaints are, but yeah, I'll land in an 80. So when I first saw this movie, this last Saturday night, I gave it a 95. Um, it was one point lower than Dune, which was a 96. Uh, um, more thinking about it. I mean, this is a movie that I haven't stopped thinking about since I saw it on Saturday night. I've told everybody that I know, go watch this movie. Um, I bought you guys movie tickets so you could go see it. Um, one of the most important things in life is family and not many movies are made nowadays where it puts such an emphasis on families, family cohesion, family sticking together. Um, it brings in something that I love so much, which is movies. It brings movies into this movie. Um, I loved all of that with it, especially because I'd seen the main two movies that they with Manage Out Liberty Valance and High Noon. Um, I am giving this movie a 97. Um, it is my favorite movie of the year. I will be shocked if anything beats it. Um, it's a movie that I could watch nonstop on repeat, I think. As soon as there's a 4K version available, I'm buying it and just. I, I love this movie. It's so charming, so much heart. The use of music in this movie as well, which we barely scraped on, is just fantastic. Um, that opening song was good. It really kind of set the mood for the movie. It was Wild Night by Van Morrison. And then we close everything off with Everlasting Love from Love Affair, which is going to end this podcast as well. Um, so yeah, 97 out of 100 for me. I... I don't know if there's enough good things I can say about this movie. I absolutely loved it. Well, I'm, I love that you loved it. I mean, it, I think, yeah, I love seeing that you loved it so much. I think that's awesome. And thank you for the ticket. That was a very mm -hmm. fun little adventure surprise that I had when you told me. I was like, Mary I was Chrysler. very, very ready to just like, I just got home from a brewery and I was like, I'm going to sit at home, watch this movie. Yeah, I, I talked to him before he left the brewery and he's like, well, I got to stop and get beer. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, I was don't like, yeah, it. I'm just going to be cooking some food and drinking some beer, watching a movie. Don't and do you it. you were like, no. Did you get to eat at the theater? I had popcorn at the theater. That's it. And then, yeah. yeah, and that's what made my stomach hurt. <laughs> did you stop and get something to eat on your way home? I did. I got some Chick-fil-A, baby. So, I mean, nice. yeah, great night. It was, a, it, But it was very fun to just, like, get that, like, 
I got you a ticket. You're going to this theater. This is where it is. Go now. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is, but that was, it was awesome. It was very fun for that adventure. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I feel, I feel like I basically paid for Momo and my tickets, though, because for context, listeners, we do some football gambling between us. And Jacob's basically been taking my money. Yes. So I'm a shark. I, I, we pick every single game every week and just have to assign a point value based off of your confidence in the team winning. And I have won now five weeks out of the 13, 12, 12. that we've played 12 and yeah, 12. So I'm basically half. That's yeah. Yeah. Basically yeah. I, all of I'm broke. broke. Look, I'm a sharp. I, I, my sports gambling, this is what's funding my sports gambling. Cause I am not doing well in that. So Happy for me there. And that is an average score of 88 for this movie. And we currently still do have a contest going on. Um, I would like to see those reviews come in a little bit more than they have. I'm a little disappointed. Not going to lie, but that's okay. It's the Christmas season. I know I'll, I'll forgive you if you don't, but if you would like to give us a wonderful present for Christmas in return, we'll be giving you a Christmas special again, like we did last year. We're also contest wise. If you leave us a five-star review or tell us or tell somebody else to listen to this podcast and provide proof of that, screenshots, whatever, you can either email it to us at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, gd4gd underscore movies, or you can DM those to us on Twitter, or you can DM those to us on Instagram, gd4gd.movies. Yeah, that would be wonderful. What you get in return for all of that is you get a piece of gd for gd merch probably a podcast hoodie if you like it which you will because it's awesome you also get a 4k slash blu-ray of your choice you also get to come on the podcast or just pick the movie when you come on the podcast you still get to pick the movie and you can review it with us if you don't want to review it with us you can just pick the movie and we'll review it um so yeah those are your your prizes if, if you don't leave us a review or tell somebody about this podcast what happens i'm gonna steal a turkish delight and give it to you that's pretty tough. Really tough. I mean, the only worst thing you could steal is biological laundry detergent. I'd rather have that. <laughs> it's biological. All right, we'll see you guys next week at the movies. Open up your eyes, then you realize here I stand with my everlasting love. Need you by my side, girl, to be my pride.